This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If I were to tell you that we are at war, could you tell me who we're fighting against? This is where I'm going to ask you to uh, maybe just give me one answer. The devil, okay. Myself, anybody else? No wrong answers. If it's a wrong answer, I might clear my throat. Uh, The devil, myself, anybody else? Did you say somebody? I hear mumbling, but not. Facebook, yes. (laughs) Spot on, man, spot on. Um, And for thousands of years, followers of Jesus have spoken about the three enemies of the soul. Does that ring a bell? The three enemies of the soul. The devil, the world, and the flesh or carnal nature. And uh, if you have ever been kind of like paying super good attention on my sermon uh, content, you could, it seems... As I look back at all my sermons and the things that I constantly am um, presenting in, in our themes and our services, even in like in Daniel and we can go on, and, uh, I, see, I tend to focus on the enemy of our soul, ourselves, right? Our flesh, our carnal nature. And uh, that tends to be my, my go-to. If we're gonna, uh, you don't really hear me about talking about how to fight the devil. Um, I will from time to time, especially if the text brings me there. Um, you know, the, the world in its, in its carnal ways, uh, no longer patterning our lives after the world, but pattern of God's word and, and his, uh, his way. That's how we're to cut ourselves the pattern. So our enemy is the culture at times. Uh, it, there is, you know, in our world that we live in, people don't believe. Well, actually, uh, things have changed. You know, typically when you say, uh, if somebody were to tell you, like, you believe in Satan? And like, yeah, I believe he exists. It's, if they're probably my age or older, they probably think you're totally nuts, all right? Uh, there is a new trend among young people. I'm going to say thank you for Stranger Things. But there is definitely an uptick on the supernatural among young Gen Zers. And so that's a good thing, because uh, to act like there is no spiritual realm is not a good thing. And since uh, really the industrial age, pre, pre that, it's, it seems like uh, everything is about what we can see, touch, and feel. So there is the enemy, uh, Satan, and then of course uh, the culture and the things that we battle in our hearts. And so a lot of times we struggle in our experience with God is because um, there's some battles going on. There, there could be spiritual battles. This morning we prayed and Daniel uh, asked that question. Or is, it un, you know, is that a spiritual thing? And that's a great question to ask. And so I believe that God is going to help us in the next few weeks through his word, not through my eloquent words, but through his words, that he's going to begin to unlock. Maybe you're going to be able to see things maybe you didn't see before. 
Look what it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 18. For you have been called to live in freedom. I was just thinking a few weeks ago when uh, Royce led over here and he was talking about uh, living in freedom. It says here in Galatians, you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but do not use your freedom to satisfy the sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Interesting verse there. Let's move on. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide you. I'm I'm reading out of the uh, New Living Translation. Let the Holy Spirit lead you, lead your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. If you have a, a way to highlight Verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit lead your lives, then you won't be able to, uh, won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are of the opposite of what this sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting at each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. The forces are fighting against each other. That's what's keeping you from doing your good intentions. But when you are led or directed by the Holy Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. This is, I love this part of the scripture. I love all scripture, but this is just wonderful because the good news is that Jesus Christ is calling us to live in freedom. We don't want to live in bondage, all right? That's, that would be weird, if you want to live in bondage. You know, uh, Royce actually mentioned my Easter sermon. That, that really touched my soul that you remembered my Easter sermon from a few years ago. That's awesome. <laughs> but you, you remember that when Jesus sets us free, it's like he comes in and, and he breaks the, the lock that we have been locked in. He has allowed us to be set free. And then the, the door is unlocked, but maybe we're so accustomed to living in bondage Even though the door is open and unlocked, we don't live in freedom. We stay in our self. So that would be the soul, the battle of our self. We we just don't, we don't know what it's, we don't want to live in freedom. We prefer to live inside our self-induced prison sentence because Jesus has broken the lock. It's been broken. And we can step out and live in freedom as uh, it says here in Galatians. You have been called to live in freedom. Isn't that awesome? Not bondage. To live in the spirit, not in your carnal nature. It's pretty awesome. Now, it seems to me that when I talk to a certain friend, and it's not any of you, all right, uh, he always wants to talk to me about when Jesus is coming back. He's totally, he's like 100% into prophecy. And I appreciate that. Uh, And I listen uh, enthusiastically. I try to, uh, and he's trying to tell me how he's gonna decipher the code. And even though I might say, well, didn't Jesus say something that we wouldn't really know the hour? It's like, well, 
he didn't say the minute. I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, and so I'm desperate for some water. If you can get me some, Eric. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so, you know, he's always talking to me about end times and and I and I and I'm not being funny here. I'm being very honest with him, although he thinks I'm being funny, and he may think I'm being uh, sarcastic, and I'm not sure why he would get that. Um, it's like, listen, uh, and I and I usually say this. I say, hey, listen, bro, I'm not that advanced in my journey with Jesus. I'm still trying to love my neighbor. I'm still trying to figure out how to love my wife like Christ loved the church. I'm, um, I'm trying to fight the carnal nature that sometimes wants to, to flare up. I'm trying to, to love God, the, the right God. I'm trying to love God the right way. I'm, I'm trying not to take God's name in vain. I'm trying to remember the Sabbath. I, I'm trying to figure out how to honor my parents. You know, so I... I'm not advanced. I'm not taking AP calculus yet in Jesus where I'm trying to decipher upon his return. And again, I'm not being sarcastic there. I'm I'm serious. I'm still in the general ed classes of trying to figure out how to love my wife every day in a way that brings honor to Jesus. So brother that talks to me on the phone, I'm not there yet. I'm still trying to figure out how to to not kill with words or, or action of like excommunication. I'm, I'm trying to be faithful to the Lord in mind and body. I'm trying to not lie, steal, or covet. I'm trying to place myself in a posture of grace. Blessed are the, those who are merciful. I'm trying to be merciful. So I believe in those things that Christ has given us the opportunity to live in freedom. That's what freedom is, that so we can live in freedom that the Lord has, he's designed us to live in freedom, not in bondage. So God will reveal in all of us the opportunity, the ability, and the desire to do what is honoring to him and what is great. And, and to do those things that not, don't just affect us today, but that would affect us a thousand years from now. So I'm excited. So uh, look at what it says in verse 13 of chapter 5, Galatians. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to do what? To serve one another in love. Love is not optional. It's a command. You will love, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so this is going to be mind-boggling. It's contrary to culture. So here, here we're transitioning, okay? So we were fighting the carnal nature. Here we're going to fight culture. Ready? We are called to live in freedom and to love our neighbors. So in other words, when I wake up in the morning, I have to be concerned about your well-being as much as my own well-being. So do you see how that's counterculture? Because culture says, hey, you got to look out for number one. And I can see how easy that is, in, even in, in our Christian life, is that we're just concerned about our own family. You remember two weeks ago, we talked about 
coming early to greet one another. What kind of God is served at Mosaic Church? Well, the kind of God that values people because we're imagers and we can value people by showing up a little early to greet people and say hello. You know, it's one of the reasons we still have an intermission, even amongst COVID, because it's important that we say, I value, I'm so excited you're here. I can't believe, I'm so excited that you're here and you're doing well and, and I get to be your friend. So I wake up not just concerned about my well-being, but the well-being of others. Now, as parents, especially of parents of little kids, you're doing that. But I would say that's even in, among your own family. People who do not serve Jesus, don't know Jesus, do that. And I know a lot of good parents that don't really claim to know Christ. The other day I was at a soccer game and I saw a lot of parents from uh, McClay High School and I was just watching them interact with their kids. It was like, it's wonderful, all right? It's like, this is good. And I don't know if they're believers or not, but it was just really neat to see them interact. But Christ is saying, listen, we shall love your neighbor, so I gotta wake up not just concerned about myself, my well-being, my well-being, but the well-being of you. So, this is the Christian life. Caring for others as I care for myself. Now, guess what? That's hard, isn't it? It's hard. It's very hard. Sometimes I just want to, uh, like this morning, it was rainy, it was a little cold. I'm like, I'm just going to sleep in. Now, of course, I didn't really think that all the way, but it, it came into my mind. And don't give me any looks if it came into your mind, okay? Uh, but listen, again, the Christian life is about caring for others. Sometimes I come to church not for me because I want to live according to the Spirit. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So I come to church not for me. God has called me to love one another, not just like the ungodless do. They, just, they love just themselves, and I get it. But loving people outside of our family so church is not about me. It's not about my comfort. It's not about my sensory needs. I feel the spirit. It's not about that. Although I appreciate it when it happens. It's not about my intellectual needs, my spiritual needs. Someone who operates in the Holy Spirit led in love, guess what? We ask ourselves, what can I do to serve in love? What can I do? And it could be as simple as say hello to that person. Greet them. Encourage them. Pray for them. Put your hand on their shoulder and say, I'm praying for you. It's just amazing what God can do when we do it in love and we're not just thinking of ourselves. God, so a person will come to church and say, God, use me in a way that brings you the greatest glory. Get, use me in a way that I can walk in the spirit in victory you know, when you walk in the spirit in victory, you, you start walking a little bit different. You know, not in pride, but there's a little swag to it. You're walking in victory like you've just been let out of prison. Yes. If, if, listen, this might step on some toes at home. If the Christian life is too hard, you have to remember it's probably because we're trying to do it on our own strength. Go, you know, loving our neighbor, if it's too hard, and I understand there are times when it's hard, it could be 
a sign that we're walking in our own ability. We must live by the Spirit of God. Amen? So the command is not just some legalistic burden. You know, like, let me just place this new rule on you. Um, You're going to have to love your neighbor like yourself. And that's not, I mean, God did say it, but he just didn't do that. He didn't just send out his new law. It's not this new legalistic burden that he's placed on our backs. People who try to love, I'm going to ask you to remember this, and I'm not sure, this is, these are not my own words. I've read it somewhere and I wrote it down. People who try to love without relying on God's spirit always wind up trying to feel their own emptiness rather than sharing in their fullness. Let me say that again because to me it was like, whoa. People who try to love without relying on God's spirit always wind up trying to fill their own emptiness rather than sharing in their fullness. So basically, we're doing it out of selfishness, right? Hey, uh, that guy's got, he's got connections, so I'm going I'm to just do things because I want to be connected to him. That's just, that's just doing it in, in your own uh, what do you call, what do you call your, your own emptiness, trying to fill something that's lacking here. Or he's, he's really funny, so I want to be next to him because he makes me laugh. But when you listen to the Holy Spirit, it's like, I want you to befriend someone. I want you to love someone. And it's like, ah. But then when the Holy Spirit gets connected in, in that, it's, it's not so burdensome. Loving your neighbor is not easy, but the good news is it's not our work. It's not you know, clenching your fist and tightening your belt and gritting your teeth. It's not like that. That's not walking by the Spirit. That's, that's walking in, in your own abilities. It's God's going to work in us. So what is walking by the Spirit? And why is it crucial to walk in the Spirit? And how do we walk in the Spirit? I'm not going to answer all those questions today. But I'm going to show you my, my first, second picture. It's a picture of a locomotion. There are two images I'm going to show you. This is the first one. And this helped me, and hopefully it'll help you. What it means to walk in the Spirit. In verse 18, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That's very important. If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. If you can remember that verse, it's pretty important. If you need to take your voice recorder on your phone, record this, because this is, I think, going to help me and you and us and to walk in the Spirit. Paul did not say, if you follow the Spirit, you are not under the law, although that would be true, but he did not say that, all right? If, if Paul, Paul did not say, if you follow the Spirit, you are not under the law even though that would have been true. He uses a passive tone here, and the passive tone is you're being led by the Spirit. So being led by the Spirit emphasizes who? The Spirit's work, not your work. So we're not following, you know, if you were, you know, uh, coming up next month is usually the beginning of NASCAR season, and uh, you have a pace car, and that pace car goes out there, and it sets the pace, and you are to follow it. 
Can't get ahead of it. You got to follow it. That's not the picture that Paul is writing for us for us to see. So we're not following the pace car of the Holy Spirit because that's tough sometimes, isn't it? You know, leadership to me, when I talk to people about being a leader, it's not like I don't want to see how fast you can run. You know, I want to see how many people you can take with you. Think of the Holy Spirit leading us like a locomotive train. We do not follow in our own strength. We are led by the power, the strength of the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we say you got to walk in the Spirit, we're basically saying you, you got to connect to the main engine. And I hate using those kind of examples because they, they kind of, uh, they're not perfect. And, and just so you know, but so the Holy Spirit, when we walk in the Holy Spirit, it's not by our own strength. It's not like we have our engine and we're going as fast as we can to try to catch up to the pace car. No. Think of it as a locomotive. We are, we are now, we realize that we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. We're going to connect our lives to the Holy Spirit. If the Christian life is hard or too hard, you have to remember we're not called to live it by ourselves. If it is too hard to love your spouse, the problem most likely is that you're not connected to the Holy Spirit. So when I find myself in, um, in you know, challenges with relationships, you know, if I find it hard to love someone, as I look back, I realize it's because I'm trying to do it in my own strength. I'm trying to, I'm trying to walk it out in Mario's capabilities and abilities. I'm not hooked to the Holy Spirit. I'm unhooked. I'm trying to do it in my own flesh. You know, so those moments where maybe you're struggling with your spouse, you know, as I look back and I begin to kind of break it down, like, oh, I could see, I could see over I was not walking in the spirit. I was walking in the flesh, in my own carnal nature. So again, Christ did not call us to live by the spirit and just say, go for it. Have fun, hope you do it. It's not like that at all. So I want the second image I'll come to in a second. How do you walk in the spirit? Or the what is it to look like to walk in the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and you know the rest. If our Christian walk is to be a walk of love and joy and peace, then walk by the Spirit must mean that we must bear fruit of the Spirit. So, if you're not kind to someone, you're, it's, you're not producing fruit of the Spirit, and it's you're not walking in the Spirit. It's really funny. When you get frustrated, just begin to ask yourself the why. Yesterday, I was at Home Depot. I was in my truck. It feels very good to say, actually, in my truck. And so uh, I was in my truck, and somebody came in and parked really close to me. You know, trucks, they're much wider, and I get it, so I didn't think anything of it. 
So I was coming back out of Home Depot to load my lumber onto my truck, and my cart that I had, my lumber cart, was really close to the car that just parked next to me. And that guy came out of, you know, came around, and he literally stared me down like, why is your cart so close to my truck? And, uh, and I knew I was going to preach this message, and immediately I, I could feel my carnal nature, like, you know, okay, I'm going to play that game. But I said, no, Lord, help me, to, <laughs> help me to walk in your spirit. Help me to walk in your spirit. He was, I'm like, hey, if you didn't park so close to me, your car may not get scratched by the lumber I'm unloading. Walk in the spirit, or Holy Spirit. In my flesh, you know, I, I was ready to say, you know, hey, shouldn't have parked so close. But that wouldn't have been God-honoring. So we got to walk in the spirit. Here's what he says in in uh, John, you remember Jesus said this in John 15, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So that's why it's important in the mornings, and I know how frantic mornings can be. There's always the tyranny of the urgent. I want to begin to abide in the Lord first off, you know? Just abide in the Lord. Help me to abide in the Lord, to, to connect with the Lord first thing. Because it's to me, it's very obvious when I'm abiding in the Lord early on when I go off to live my life than to wait till after the fact. So to walk in the spirit means that we have to abide in the vine, keeping yourself securely united to Christ. I want to show my, my last picture. So don't cut yourself off. This is the tool of the enemy, isn't he? Isn't it? You know, Something happened in your life, and I understand sometimes life has big issues, and, and you want to walk in the Spirit, but what do we end up doing? Because we let our carnal nature, you know, the enemy knows what he's doing, so it's like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, he doesn't even sometimes have to send any demons or any spirits to attack you, he's just going to, he's going to just try to maneuver where you begin to act out in your carnal nature, and you're going to get offended and you're going to disconnect. Disconnect to the person you're supposed to love, which is a sign that you've disconnected from the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So you've disconnected. So walking in the Spirit is not by me trying to catch a pace car. It's that I want to be connected to the Holy Spirit and stay connected and abide in him. We must abide, stay connected. Many times, and I guess in your flesh and my flesh, we just kind of want to do it ourselves. Lord, help us to stay connected, amen? When I talked, you know, and I, and I use the example of my wife because I think that's the easiest one, you know, because... Um, you know, the Lord placed her in my life, and I placed, he placed me in her life, and, and he wants to help us to live in the Spirit. 
So those moments of flare-ups, is not, it's, it's not because I'm still connected to the Holy Spirit. I've disconnected them. I said, hey, stay right there. I'm not going to act out in the flesh in my carnal nature. That's why as Christians, we, don't, you know, we can't say, well, it's just my Latin you know, machismo. It's just the way I am. That doesn't work. Maybe that's the way I was, but I've been bought, I've been changed, I've been renewed, I've been set free to live in, the, in freedom, to walk in the spirit, as I stay connected into the vine. And so um, that's why we, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's, it's, not, it's not against the Republicans or the Democrats. It's not against uh, uh, President Obama or or President Trump, or President Biden. That, that's, that's T-ball spiritual life. You're living in a T-ball life, if that's what you think. But God is calling us to, to grow up and recognize those three battlefronts that we're fighting. You know, the demons, the culture, and this carnal nature that's still there. And you have to recognize, like, what's going on? What, which is it? Because a lot of times we're fighting, we don't know who we're fighting. We're like fighting in the dark, you know. You know, I rebuke you, Satan, when it's like, no, no, it's your carnal nature. You know, the world, the world and the world and the culture. No, no, it's your, it's your carnal nature. So we've got to walk in the spirit. Help us not to disconnect. If you're struggling with what you're watching on television or on the internet, you're not walking in the spirit of freedom because you've disconnected. You've disconnected somewhere. You know, I worked with a lot of young people, a lot of young college students, and uh, their issue, they could live in the spirit uh, from when they wake up all the way till about 11 o'clock at night, and then they disconnect, and then they connect to the porn lifestyle. They, they, you literally, you can't do both. You disconnect and, and to connect to what's online. And, and so when, if you're struggling, struggling to love your wife, struggling to love your children, struggling to love your, your family, your neighbors, your boss, you know, God has called us to live in freedom. Walk in the spirit. It's most likely it's because we're not, we're not abiding. I'm gonna ask uh, Patrick to come on up and just maybe just process, Lord, help me to abide in you more. If I'm, if I'm having a hard time loving my wife, it's, it's not about gritting my teeth and clenching my fist and loving her. It's more and more about let me abide in you, Holy Spirit. Lord, let me just spend some time um, in your presence, in your word, Your boss, you know, he just, he just irks you and you just you lose your peace. And, you know, God's called us to love our neighbors, to walk in freedom, in the spirit. Lord, I need more of you. So let's just close our eyes for a moment and just say, ask the Lord, help us. Help us to stay connected. We have kneelers that are, are not footrests. They're those red things under the pew. And uh, if you pull them out a little bit, you can actually kneel. Um, and, I'm, of course, I'm not going to make everyone do that, but if you'd like to kneel, 
place yourself in a posture of, of what I call a posture of grace. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And um, let's just spend a few minutes uh, abiding in him as uh, we sing this second song. And then we'll just um, allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. And then we'll uh, wrap up our service. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.